ladies and gentlemen, this next reviewer discussion is scheduled for one podcast. Join Chris Vint and Mike Lacey as they make up the dynamic team of WrestleShock. Welcome to another episode of WrestleShock. Um, this is going to be kind of a weird one because Mike and I are just so unprepared as we normally are. But this is to do with a Night of Champions preview um, and what we think is going to happen on the pay-per-view. So before we start, hello Mike. Hello. I always wave and I actually have a window <laughs> beside me so people can actually see me waving with a pair of headsets on which must be lovely for people so um <laughs> impress the neighbors <laughs> yes exactly exactly so um this isn't a pay-per-view that i am particularly looking forward to um mike has really watched a lot of wrestling due to other commitments mainly having children and getting them ready for school which is understandable um so so far for the night night of champions um all but one title is up for grabs at the minute um the one that's not um, had a match made was The Miz, who's Intercontinental Champion but to say to Mike that on Raw Miz, um, Cody Rhodes had a match with Rey Mysterio and then Miz interfered Cody Rhodes pinned Mysterio and then Rhodes did his crossroads on Miz, so I'm assuming that this is going to be a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship would you um, like to see that Mike or is there somebody you would have in mind for um, the Intercontinental Championship. I think I'd rather see a straight one-on-one match with Cody Rhodes. I'm not the biggest Rey Mysterio fan, but since um, my son's really only started watching wrestling within like the last year, so this is really his first introduction to Rey Mysterio, so he's really grabbed him, so I think that Buddy would be really happy to see Rey Mysterio get into a uh, a title picture feud. So for for the younger the younger fans that are just kind of coming into it, I think it would be a good idea to throw Rey Mysterio in there to kind of showcase him. Um, I wouldn't necessarily give him the title, but uh, and I don't, I don't know what it does for Cody Rhodes to get the title back either after having such a long reign earlier in the year. It kind of seems pointless. He's kind of in that middle ground now where they don't seem to know what to do with him. Yeah, he has been jobbing a heck of a lot. Like, Swagger was on a nine-month losing streak, and to be honest with you, Cody Rhodes was near enough rivaling that. I mean, I kind of thought that Cody Rhodes was getting the rocket treatment for a while, Mm -hmm. that they were really had big plans for him, and then after losing the title to the big show at WrestleMania, it's like, you know, he's kind of been, he's kind of stalled out a bit. Yeah, Yeah, I don't understand that myself, because obviously everyone wanted to see either Ziggler or... Rhodes win the Money in the Bank at, you know, Money in the Bank and obviously with Ziggler, so I think since then he seems to be going on a downward spiral, but hopefully with his win against Ray he bounces back to winning ways. Uh, personally speaking I would have liked to see him hold on to the belt because you've had Seamus who's had the belt since many, you've had Punk who's had a Survivor Series and you've had Rhodes who's been one of the longer Intercontinental Champions, so I would have liked to see those three kind of have feuds with each other to see who could actually hold the belt the longest, something like that. Right. But, um, yeah, so, obviously, Mike, um, 
I don't know if you're aware, but WWE have pre-show matches. So the pre-show match um, is a battle royal, and the winner gets a shot at Antonio Cesaro's uh, United States Championship match later in that evening. What do you think of this? Well, who, who's in the battle royal? Participants have <laughs> participants have to be determined. So um, I'm pretty much guessing anyone and everyone. The likes of um, Zack Ryder, Heath Slater, Santino, just Gabriel Tyson Kidd, those kind of ones, to be honest with you. I don't know. The, the, the U.S. title for me is kind of a worthless title. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd rather them have like a, like a TV title or, or, or something like that. Um, something that, um, at least with a TV title, not, not that anybody ever uses it right, but at least with a TV title, it gets defended on, you know, on every television show, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least it's, or at least it's supposed to. Um, if they did that, seeing as how we don't generally get titles defended on Raw or SmackDown all the time, um, I think it would be at least something to make it that, you know, that lowest, uh, that, you know, that lowest rung on the ladder, uh, the title for that, at least somewhat interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, it seemed to be languishing where the Intercontinental Championship was. Now it has a bit of more pizzazz and prestige around it, whereas this here is just kind of really. Well, and it seemed to put the United States Championship on people who aren't from the United States, which is just <laughs> hilarious. So I I totally agree with you. Like the TV title, you know, I used to like it whenever it was you had the hardcore title in the European title um which kind of had a bit more uh, credibility about it but anyway um the only match on the card that isn't for a title is randy orton versus dolph ziggler which we've already seen a couple of times on raw and smackdown um we've seen like on uh raw there um orton won the raw active vote to face CM or face CM Punk and Ziggler interfered and then they made this uh, a tag team match which was Ziggler and Punk against Orton and Jerry Lawler now this was obviously before the unfortunate circumstances surrounded Jerry Lawler with him um, collapsing at ringside so best wishes to Jerry Lawler and hopefully he comes back stronger and stronger and comes back t- to the WWE sooner rather than later but um, is this this obviously for me isn't a Jericho Ziggler feud um, it doesn't really seem to have that same spark in it um, what are your thoughts Mike as Orton somebody who excites you or I'm, I'm not the biggest Orton fan um, I I like Orton much better uh as a heel than than as a face, um, I think that um, they've been punishing him a little bit since he came back and not giving him a, not giving him a, a title right away, um, not even really putting him in the title picture. Um, he's always good in the ring, uh, and and so is Dolph Ziggler. And at the moment, it kind of seems like they're not ready to put either one of them into a title picture just just yet. You know, at least on, on a pay per view. So this uh, this match is kind of an, the ability to get them on the card, but not really have to promote them too much. Yeah. Um, who do you predict winning this then? <laughs> I, I think Dolph Ziggler wins. 
uh, whether it's you know just to continue to let Randy Orton know that hey, you you really screwed up and you really need to kind of earn your spot back. Um, also, the fact that with giving Ziggler the money in the bank, he really does seem in line for a major push. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know where they're going to go with Dolph Ziggler, but for for me, Dolph Ziggler is you know one of the uh, one of the best performers right now in the WWE. So any any kind of Dolph Ziggler match is generally a, a good match. Yeah, yeah, um, you could tell. Sand to like the Arabs, we can't do. He's just one of those ones that just no matter what match he's in, he always seems to go above and beyond. But totally he's agree. right up. He's right up there with Shawn Michaels and The Rock as far as ability to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I, I think it seems to be a different kettle of fish for Mysterio than it is with Orton. Um. You know, Mysterio seems to be in more high-profile matches, in my opinion. Um. Obviously, it looks like they're putting him in this Intercontinental Championship feud. Um, I just think that the two of them just need to sort themselves out. And Mysterio doesn't look like somebody who should, you know, be um, jeopardising his career because he's near enough at the end of it. I think one more injury and that's going to be him. Well, I think a lot of what it is is that I think the WWE is trying to get that last push for merchandise sales out of Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for for kids that are just now getting into it, like um, I'm sure that you know, every show is some child's first show. So there's there's got to be a lot of kids that are just now getting into wrestling, and he still pulls that kid factor. He still carries the weight with the kids. Um, after John Cena, he, he's probably the number one seller of merchandise to children, and yeah. that's a bit and that's a big market. I know my son has a John Cena shirt, and now he wants he wants a, a Rey Mysterio shirt. No. So I, I <laughs> so I, I think that they kind of they, they know their own borrowed time with with Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara. Really, I think was supposed to be the heir apparent there, and he just can't carry that torch. No. So no. I, I think that they're trying to get that last dime out of Rey Mysterio that they can. So putting him in a high-profile match uh, for the Intercontinental title kind of seems like the right thing to do in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just noticed as well that um, um, yeah, I've just noticed that whenever I've been watching Raw the last couple of weeks that there seems to be less and less kids who have the masks on, you know, at ringside. You know, whenever he comes down, he always mm-hmm. grabs their head, puts his head to there. There's been less and less of them. Like um, this week, whenever he came down, there was nobody uh, at ringside wearing a mask, so he had to take his mask off and, you know, just put it on a kid's head. So, you know, well, that may not... also have to do with him being out for so long that the sales of the of that merchandise you know when you're not around the merchandise just falls off the side of a cliff that people weren't buying the masks while he was out for for that extended period of time mm-hmm. you know b- beforehand you know not everybody's necessarily buying you know their merchandise at you know at the show you know they're buying it from wwe.com or or wherever they might be getting it and they have it to bring it to the show so all, all those kids that had masks probably had them beforehand so now that he's been out for so long people weren't buying the mask to begin with so maybe there weren't people that were prepared to bring it so that's where that's where i'm saying that they're trying to get that last push 
for for merchandise sales because you know what I don't see anybody with Sinkara masks. No. <laughs> no. I think maybe they did have masks and then it just fell off or whatever, but that's just. I mean, there's talk of a Rey Mysterio Sinkara match at WrestleMania 29, which I'd be happy with, but um, I think Mysterio. I don't know whether Mysterio is carrying a lot of weight because he seems to be wearing like more of a, um, uh, like a, sh- a shirt on him now that has a question mark. Right. I don't know, you know, so I don't understand why that is unless he's carrying a bit of weight, weight and he can't actually, um, he can't actually shift it. Uh, I I don't know, but um, yeah, I think well, I I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> so, um, R Truth and Kofi Kingston versus Kane and Daniel Bryan on, on Raw. Um, you would have seen unless you're Mike and didn't watch. Um, <laughs> Kane and Daniel Bryan were put in a tag match and um, went against the primetime players. And whoever won um, got the number one contendership match. Um, basically, what had happened was uh, Daniel Bryan tagged himself in and told Kane to get out and. Darren Young was on the ground, so Kane choke slammed Daniel Bryan onto Darren Young. Daniel Bryan lay there and got the pin. And it seems like their sta- anger management classes are working out well. Yeah, backstage <laughs> they were talking to Doctor Shelby, is it? And uh, they they said that you know like it should be Daniel Bryan and Kane, and Kane goes no, it should be Kane and Daniel Bryan. And Doctor Shelby says, "How about we call it team friendship?" And they both <laughs> turn around and go like, "No." But I prefer that name. So Archer and Kofi Kingston versus Team Friendship for the Tag Team Championship. Um, do you see this going the way of like whenever Kurt Angle teamed up with somebody whenever they were facing Edge and Rey Mysterio and they didn't get along but they were champions? Do you see this kind of going the same kind of way? I think that would be funny if they gave them the titles and and just kind of had them fighting with each other throughout the matches and and whatnot. Um. It seems like they're another two, another two superstars that they really can't find a home for. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, Daniel Bryan with the yes, 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 and now the oh. no, no, and he really was getting over with the with the fans. And Kane was in, you know, in the main event against John Cena not too long ago. Yeah, but so was Tansai, <laughs> To be fair, and look where he is now. <laughs> So it, it it seems like they have a, a a clear picture for a handful of guys, and then a very murky picture for like the rest of the roster. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't necessarily know. I I think that even though we do have some young up and coming tag teams, uh, it still kind of seems like it's not where their focus is. Um, so I think that maybe stability is the best route here, and just keeping the titles on uh, on on our truth and Kofi Kingston. See, I'd like to say go to a team friendship because um, <laughs> I'd like I, I'm kind of getting bored. Friendship shirt. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> just off a mask, and then yes and no written beside it or something like that. <laughs> um, but our truth and Kofi Kingston, I think um, they don't seem to be defending it too much it, it seems to be a common practice now is that a lot of belts aren't defended on Raw or Smackdown you know like how many times have we seen those two defend their belts or it's a case of their on commentary because you know the Usos are fighting um, 
Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel, who used tag team name, I can't remember, Her- Air- Air- Airstrike or something like that. Something forgettable. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, See, that's the problem with TV um, um, these days, and, and that's why I can miss a few weeks of, of, of TV because it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to change on TV. You're not going to get title switches on TV anymore. And I don't know if it's because buy rates are down on pay-per-view, so they need to... Uh, I guess it, it, the only way you're going to see a title switch is if you're watching it on pay-per-view, so maybe that's your your lure to get the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. For me, it might not necessarily be the lure to pay $50 or $60 for a pay-per-view. But... uh Especially not for a pay-per-view like this. No. You know, I'll, I'll pay for the big four, and I'll pay for uh, a, a pay-per-view if it's got an intriguing card, um, some kind of a match that I want to see. You know, or uh, you know, like like Money in the Bank is one that that I buy every year. Yeah. It's outside the big four, but it for whatever reason the last two three years has been, you know, very entertaining, and I happen to like the uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match itself. So that's one that I tend to buy. But I, I, I'm not going to buy, like, uh, Elimination Chamber or Hell in the Cell or Tabor's oh, yeah, Ladders of Chairs yeah. unless there's something really to get me to buy it. You know, if, unless there's some... I'm not, I'm not going to buy it just because, oh, well, that's the pay-per-view for the month. No, I, I need something a little bit more in order to make me spend that money. Yeah, there has to be something that really stands out, something that really grabs you. And I... At the minute, at Night of Champions, there's nothing really standing out that says "buy me." Um, right, these, we're at the point where we're just trying to get to Survivor Series. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of matches that seem to be repeating themselves, and they're both for the big belts, which I'll go over in a sec. But um, obviously, one that Mike is really um, excited for is Layla versus Caitlin. Um, so yeah that's going to be pretty much of a non-entity in my opinion um, that's the bathroom break match yeah exactly exactly. <laughs> so um, Caitlin won a battle royal and Eve was upset but Eve's now Booker T's consulting and is trying to make friends with a pair of them so it's only a matter of time before somebody gets stabbed in the back or somebody turns heel um, but I and to be honest with you I've seen Layla wrestle I don't think I've ever seen Caitlin wrestle because it's normally a case of fast forward exactly so who's that, your and prediction that's not to win say- that match then any <laughs> uh, meeny miny Layla okay <laughs> sorry what were you going to say there before you had to make your executive decision I said not to insult any of our female listeners but you know the the, the female matches the divas matches just they just don't hold my attention. They don't hold my attention like they used to, you know. When right, it's not has, like it was like, Trish Stratus or Lita, yeah, you know, or yeah, or Victoria or Mickey James to rhyme off a few hotties and people who can actually wrestle. Whereas now, like, I, like I don't know if you watch TNA, but that Miss Tessmacher or whatever she's called, or Tessmacher or whatever, mm-hmm. I watched a match with her and Tara, and it was one of the worst <laughs> matches I've seen. Every time Tara went to do something, she completely fumbled and botched. Every- she was like the female Sin Cara, <laughs> so she was. It was that bad. I was like, oh my, why is this woman the woman's champion? And then you have Mickey James, who isn't. It's like, oh, I don't understand. But um, that's why anyway. it's TNA. Exactly, yeah. T- total nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. 
But um, yeah, so we have Seamus versus Alberto Del Rio for about Again. the 100th time this year. Um, Seamus cannot use the brogue kick. Um, if he uses the brogue kick at any stage, whether he's in a match or out, out of a match, he will be stripped of the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, while Booker T is conducting a, an investigation to do with the brogue <laughs> kick. There was a skit on Raw to do with... Um, David Otunga is representing Ricardo Rodriguez and Seamus was being represented by his lawyer and saying about, you know, using a bro kick on Chad Padden and he suffers neck injury and Daniel Bryan and all this here and it's just, it's a horrible, horrible storyline and it seems to focus more on Ricardo than it does Del Rio. Well, um, now he's got the broken neck, right? Yes, exactly. I yeah. saw him in the collar. Yeah. You sound so happy about it too. But is this pretty much again another match that would have been in, more interesting to see like Seamus versus Cody Rhodes or Seamus versus somebody else? Anyone Sheamus else? versus Ryback? There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, these, the feuds recently, they've just been stale. I'm getting tired of Punk and Cena. I'm getting tired of Sheamus and Del Rio. Um, and, and it's not the fact that I don't like the, the, the competitors. It's the simple fact that I get tired of seeing the same match over and over again. Yeah. Again, why am I spending $50 on a pay-per-view to watch the same pay-per-view I saw last month? <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, you know, or, or to watch you know, all the matches that I've seen on TV for the last 10 weeks or, 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 or whatever it is. I, I don't have... They could have done something with a stipulation or something to make it a little bit more interesting just to have a, another one-on-one -on -one match with the same two guys for like three months, four months. It just, it gets tired. Yeah. And do you think that, before we move on to the main event uh, of the evening, um, do you think that this is something, because they do the Raw Super Show and all that stuff now, do you think it's wise for them to bring back the draft to try and re-inject um, to try and re-inject um, some uniqueness into feuds so we're not seeing the same people feuding with each other? I mean, there's the big show I haven't actually seen for a while. I just thought of big show because, you know, I know how much you like him. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's there's characters like that, you know, that they seem to be lost with, like you said, with Cody Rhodes. There's Jack Swagger, who's doing nothing now, and then you have, like, Heath Slater, who just seems to be jobbing to everyone under the sun. Um, but do you think that they should bring back the draft? I was never a fan of the draft, or, or a fan of the brand split in general. Um, I just... I, I don't necessarily believe that I agree with the expansion of Raw from two hours to three hours. This Raw interactive yeah. thing... For me, that doesn't do anything. Why didn't I, I, it just bring back a Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Sunday? Yeah, I mean that would you know that would be fine. You know, to if that's the kind of gimmick that you want to go with, then yeah. Th see, that's where an oddball pay per view would would work out well. For me, I don't think that the the roster is too top heavy where they, they only have maybe 10 guys that they really want to showcase and then everybody else uh, like your Heath Slaters and 
you know, you know, all all those kind of guys that are on the lower rung, they just sit there and they flounder. Where if you condensed it down and kept it with you know two hours, you know, two hours on Monday, two hours on Friday, um, and didn't split it up, have the same you know have the same roster, and just mix up the players, I think that would be it would be stronger. Um, it's almost like. Uh, not that you'll get the reference, but like uh, here in American sports with the at the NHL or the NBA or whatever, they they've overexpanded. They have too many franchises, which dilutes the you know it dilutes the talent on each team. Mm-hmm. Where if they had less, um, they could really showcase the stronger talent in a better way. And I think that would be the way that I would go with uh, with WWE. Um, I would really kind of maybe take twenty guys and really focus on them and not make them. Not not have, you know, Jack Swagger. I, I happen to like Jack Swagger. Yeah, I do and, too. and I think that they're doing him a disservice by having him, you know, give him giving him a, a stupid haircut, and make you know making him this joke of a superstar. Where at one point, you know, he was you know your 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 world heavyweight champion, and now he's relegated to absolutely nothing. Where I think that they could take a guy like Swagger and really make him strong. This is where, if you're not ready to put Dolph Ziggler into the, uh, you know, give him the, the, you know, the title, this is where I really think that they dropped the ball. That they could have really reinforced the tag team division and had, you know, Zig Swag as, a, you know, a, a really <laughs> top notch tag team. I, I don't because it doesn't really seem like Dolph Ziggler is benefiting from being separated from Dolph uh, from uh, Jack Swagger, and obviously Jack Swagger isn't benefiting benefiting from being away from uh, Vicky and and Dolph Ziggler. I, I kind of think it just weakens the pool, yeah. if, if if that makes sense. Yeah, you could have you don't you don't have to have guys like Heath Slater. You could have Heath Slater on NXT. Or you can have Heath Slater on Superstars, or you know what you know whatever that you know that new uh, Saturday morning show that they're going to have. Uh, Slam Diner. Yeah, you, you can have you can have those guys on on those shows, but your marquee your two marquee shows with with on SmackDown isn't the time that if you're going to make it a joke to showcase those superstars because it doesn't really help the brand. I think the brand would be better served if they took their roster and made them all look strong. All the guys you feature on TV as a formidable threat. That's that's a very fair, fair point. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something else there, but <laughs> you didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, that's why I'm saying. That's why I think they should bring back the draft. They should have superstars who are unique to each product you know rather than having it seems to be seems to be now that Smackdown is I know you don't watch Smackdown anyway um, but Smackdown just seems to be a recap of what happens on Raw and even Raw is turning into a recap of what's happened on Raw you know like <laughs> moments ago we saw Bret Hart punched CM Punk in the face and it's like and you know two minutes later oh and if you missed this well wait until you see this and you're like, I've already seen that. I've already seen this match. I've already seen this feud. I already know what's going to happen. That Sheamus is going to win. And then it's going to be a case of it'll be like Sheamus versus the big show at Hell in a Cell or something like that, which is the next pay-per-view. You know, like, so there's another gimmick one. 
See, if um, I was gonna if I was gonna do that, rather than doing a brand split and having you know, I I hate the WWE title is the Raw title and the World title is the SmackDown title. It, it, it's completely useless to have two world titles in the same company. If you were gonna do a brand split, which if you're gonna if you're gonna do it that way and keep them completely separate, like the way that they used to do, and and no kind of like intermingling in between the two, why not just bring back WCW? True. And and have one roster be WCW and have one roster be WWE and run them as I mean obviously all under the umbrella of Vince McMahon and whatnot, but have them as separate companies. I, that, yeah. that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna I. My problem with the brand split was that they would do it okay for maybe a, a couple of months, and then superstars from SmackDown would suddenly be making appearances on Raw because one roster was weaker than the other one, and it never really worked out properly. Uh, you know, at least in in recent years. So that would be my solution. If you wanted to do it that way, then create a completely different, uh, you know, a completely different organization. And 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 run them completely separate. Yeah, that's why I I didn't I didn't understand before when they had you know when WWE brought back uh, ECW. If you're gonna do that, then give it you know fine you know McMahon owns it and he's gonna provide the financial support for it and whatnot. But give it to Paul Heyman and say here, do what you did 15 years ago. You know, uh, you had a completely unique property that, to be honest with you, was now I might be biased because I'm in Philadelphia, you know, but it, it was really growing to be to a point where in the in the late 90s, ECW was kind of overtaking WCW as the number two company. They were doing something right. The reason ECW fell apart was because Paul Heyman was financially strapped and couldn't, you know, there there was he couldn't make the paycheck. Paychecks were bouncing, and and, and stuff like that. So that made guys have to jump ship to the WWE. That's when they start. That's when they lost Rhino. That's when they lost, you know, uh, you know, uh, other guys to the, the big Dudleys. two. Right. That's when they lost the Dudleys. That's when they were starting to lose guys to to the uh, to the big uh, to the big two companies. That's when you saw. Um, Eddie Guerrero and you know uh, Captain Planet and Dean Malenko <laughs> and Shane Douglas when when they came on on board as, as you know they went to WCW and then eventually came into WWE as the Radicals. The old ECW had such a great roster and really did things in such an innovative way that I think that if he just gave and Paul Heyman is such a uh, such a genius. That if he just said, you know, here here's the financial backing, you know, go start a company and and do whatever you got to do with it to make it successful, I, I think that would be a uh, a formidable route to go. You see, uh, it's something. Well, once you brought that up, it's something that I didn't understand what they didn't do whenever they had bought WCW. Obviously, they did the invasion angle, which they could have had some legs on. You know, you you have the likes of bragging rights, which is Raw versus SmackDown. And it's like, mm -hmm. does anyone really brag and say like, oh, SmackDown's better than Raw? No, they don't. <laughs> you know, like you had a battle for brand supremacy at WrestleMania one year, wherever it was Batista versus Umaga, um, which was t uh, terrible. Um, but things like that, you know, like if 
I totally agree that they should totally be separate entities like WCW should have been whenever you had the likes of Booker T and DDP and things like that. So whenever you had the Survivor Series match, it had more credibility mm-hmm. for it rather than just people who were, you know, there's Kurt Angle who had jumped from WWE to what seemed w- the Team Alliance and then he was actually with, you know, he was actually the mole and that kind of thing. But... <sighs> You could sit here and talk all day about what WWE should have done, but it, you know, it, it just seems to be that no, it's a case of we're just going to see the same stuff week in, week out. See, this is, this is where I really do wish that TNA had their stuff together. <laughs> I almost slipped there. <laughs> almost did, yes. Yeah. Editing, well, work, editing work for you. Yes, okay. <laughs> where if they were a stronger company, they could really push the WWE to step up their game. Where now, I mean, there's no reason for McMahon to do anything different than he's doing. There, there's no real competition to, to, to push it, to drive him to make himself better. There's no, you know, back, you know, with the Monday Night Wars, that's really how we got the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. You know that that's how we got the two. What, in, in my opinion, is the greatest era in wrestling history, and something that you know, looking back on, you really understand that it was all about the competition. It was all about the fact that WCW was uh, was number one. It was had taken number one spot in the ratings, um, and McMahon was trying to figure out a way to get back on top. He was the hunter as opposed to being the hunted and they're really he had to come up with new invade you know new inventive ways uh, of trying to get back the market that he once had and, and and was losing there's no fire in his belly now there's no reason for him to to do anything different than he's doing now the only competition the wwe has is the ufc and it's you know apples and oranges. It's not even too, you, you know whether you know whether or not you you want to say that the whole Brock Lesnar thing is trying to 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 bleed the, between the two. They're they're two completely separate things. So you can't really make the comparison. Um, but really, at the, at this point, the only the only company that's taking you know pay per view buys from the WWE is UFC. The, TNA is not stealing pay-per-view buys from WWE when you go every month and you decide well do I want to spend money on a pay-per-view I don't necessarily unless you're a TNA fan uh, or unless um, there's something that's really intriguing you um, I don't know say if Hulk Hogan returning was something that really would make you purchase a pay-per-view that would be the only thing that I could see um, changing, you know, maybe uh, changing your mind whether or not to to buy a pay per view for TNA rather than WWE. But for the most part, month in and month out, if you're making the decision, it's the decision whether or not do I want to get the the WWE pay per view or is there a match on the UFC card that really is uh, intriguing me that I want to see this month. Mm-hmm. So that's what you know. Vince needs somebody to be able to stoke the fire. Um, ROH doesn't seem to be on its way up 
uh, to that level yet because they aren't even really pushing for you know pushing TNA yet. They don't even have you know their pay per views are still you know internet pay per views. So I, I don't really see right now, at least in the immediate future, a reason why Vince has to change up the, uh, the you know the normal the normal business model of, of what he's doing. It's working for him now. He doesn't have any competition. Um, there's no reason to change things up. Well, um, I think, uh, having said that, I think at some stage we will have to do a discussion on the Attitude Era and what our fondest memories are and that kind of thing. Just while you talked about that, that was just an idea that popped in my head there. Um, because there'll be so many good moments, whereas at the minute it's kind of a case of... How many good moments are there? Well, there's not that many. Unless they fall around WrestleMania or something along those lines. Um, so, the last match that's on the card is CM Punk versus John Cena. And for the first time since, I don't know when, December time or something, CM Punk is in the main event of the card. So, whoopee. Um, <laughs> you know, CM Punk's aligned himself with Paul Heyman, um, which is fine and dandy, but... It, nothing's really come of it as yet um, John Cena cut out it's not often I'll say this so um, this is probably one of the few times I'll say this, John Cena cut a really great promo on Raw against CM Punk and to which the crowd were actually cheering him on so um, CM Punk I don't think you see I really wish that they leave Punk face and turn Seamus heel I think Seamus works better as a heel than a face and I think Punk works better as a face on a heel that's just my opinion but um are you interested in this match at all mike or is there or is this like the rest of the the matches that are on here it's pretty much i've seen it before i don't really want to shell out the money for it um yeah it's i've seen it before um obviously when the dvd gets released i'll I'll take a watch or maybe i'll watch between now and then through nefarious means not that i condone that (gasps) not that i condone that (laughs) terrible (laughs) for shame uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, CM Punk is, is is my favorite wrestler at at this time, and any match that he's in is a match that I want to see just because he's so good. Um, he seems to be the one guy on the roster that seems to bring out the best in Cena. Um, and with his 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 heel turn now, it seems like Cena is getting a little bit more of the crowd reaction back. Um. It's not every single time he's out that he's getting that fifty-fifty split. It doesn't seem. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen you know just the last you know two or three weeks, but even before that, going into uh, like right after uh, right after SummerSlam, uh, right, right after the uh, the quote-unquote heel turn that we didn't quite know at the time was gonna looks like now with him aligning with with Paul Heyman is gonna be a full-fledged heel turn because he's kind of been tweening yeah. since then. Um, he's always been a bit of a, of a tweener for the last year, anyway. Ever since the uh, the whole pipe bomb thing, he's he's kind of a bit like like with Austin, where he didn't really have a face turn. Um, he's just a heel character that got the crowd on his side. You, you know, because um, you know, going all the way up, leading into, I guess now summer of two thousand eleven, he was a defined heel. And then when he dropped, uh, you know, the the pipe bomb before the uh, before the Money in the Bank last summer, he didn't change his character. You know, it's just the way that the 
the way that the crowd saw him changed, and that's what turned him quote unquote face. It's not a, like necessarily a thing where he specifically did anything to change his character in general. Um, but he he does seem to bring out the best in uh, in John Cena. So if, if Cena's gonna be in a match, uh, you know I I got no problem with it being against CM Punk. But again, it's you know we we we've seen it twice last summer and now we're seeing it twice this summer. Um, it's like you know come on can we see something a, a, a bit different? Um, I am interested in the alignment with uh, with Heyman. Um, because even you know back last summer when he had that infamous promo, it was I'm a Paul Heyman guy. So whether or not they had you know long term booking in mind when they did that, I I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily will give them the benefit of the doubt that they had that much foresight. <laughs> 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 but uh, I'm interested to see how how they do this. Um. If if Heyman really starts building a stable, uh, you know, w- with a good foundation and with Sam Punk and Brock Lesnar, uh, I'd be interested to see who else he might bring on board um, with that, and really have a faction of really super heels. Um, I hope that they're not doing this to get the title back on Cena, because I kind of like the fact that Cena hasn't held the title for so long. I I don't like the fact that even though he's not the champion, that he still gets the main event. Mm-hmm. But um, I like the fact that Punk um, has held the title for so long. Um, they seem to be doing the, this kind of competition between him and Sheamus uh, with who's, you know, you know who's going to hold the title, you know, who's going to drop it first kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what I would like to see is see Punk hold on to the title all the way to WrestleMania? Um, I don't know where that would put him as far as ranking uh, the the longest title reigns in history. Um, if he did that, if he held it for, I guess that would end up being uh, twelve, 15, sixteen months or so. Yeah. Um, and then and then have your big uh, your your big match at WrestleMania, whether it's going to be the Rock. Tim. Yeah, that's or, what I want to see. Um, I've I've been seeing rumors about Austin, uh, not necessarily tied to Punk. Um, I, that's the match I would like to see. I would like well, to see. Why? Who are you Punk seeing rumors with Austin with somebody else? Yeah, uh, I've been seeing rumors of Austin coming back to to face the Undertaker. Oh, they've never had a WrestleMania match before. So, oh well, that would be intriguing. So it would be wow. I never that's a match that I never even crossed my mind. Yeah, um, so I've, I've been seeing dribs and drabs uh, hit the internet about uh, Austin and Taker at, at WrestleMania with the streak on the line. That would be pretty. Uh, I, well, just uh, before we move on, um, who do you think would win, CM Punk or Cena? I think I think CM Punk wins. They're making such a big deal of the amount of days of the title reign. I, I think that they're gonna. I, I think they plan on keeping it on him for a, a little while longer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, because we've kind of um, talked about near enough everything, bar Night of Champions. <laughs> it seems, um, we'll just talk about, right briefly about what we've seen um, 
to do with WrestleMania 29. Um, a friend that I follow um, who sent in things to do with SummerSlam, Lewis Oldham, did a video on what matches he would like. Um, he said that he would like to see Undertaker, Brock, Brock, Punk, and Cena. Or no, Brock. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, mine would be um, Brock. Was it Brock? Oh, frig me. I can't even remember. It was, <laughs> Cena, it was Cena, Undertaker, it was Rock, Punk, and it was Triple H, Brock. That's what it was. Uh, so now that now that they're saying it could be Mysterio versus Sin because apparently what they wanted to do last year was have masks for everyone, mm-hmm. um, either Mysterio or Sin Cara mask. I was actually looking in WWEshop.com, and the reason why you haven't seen any Sin Cara masks is because they don't sell them. They sell as coat, but not as mask. Whereas all the Rey Mysterio masks are like fifty dollars, which is incredibly dear. <laughs> um, but obviously, I'm going to WrestleMania, and Mr. Lacey um, is hopefully going to WrestleMania with his good lady. I will be there. Um, if there was a match that you wanted to see, you know, like obviously I would mark out like a f- five-year-old child if I was to hear this glass shattering. Even if I don't see him wrestle, if I was just to be in the same arena as the guy, I would mark the heck out. Um, what would be what would be Mike Lacey's dream card? With an air of probability around it. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than picking, you know, like bringing people back from beyond and stuff. Um, I, I, you know, you know, they, they had the, uh, the, 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 like the Twitter poll, who would, who do you want to see the rock face? Um, with the people that are there now, I would like to see the rock versus punk. Um, ultimately, like I said, in, in a dream world, I would like to see Austin versus punk. Um, simply because they are so much the same and so much different all at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, you CM Punk with the whole straight edge thing and Austin with, you know, drinking beers. But then they also both have the same anti-establishment, um, you know, anti-authority kind of theme going. Um, but I think yet would... they've both aligned themselves with somebody. You know, like he's aligned himself with Heyman, whereas Austin aligned himself with Vince, which just came into my head there now. Yeah, I think that that would be, along so many different lines, I think would be a uh, just a, just a, a great thing to see. Um, if that was the case, if you got Austin and, and Punk, then I would be okay with seeing Cena rock too. That's the only scenario in which I would want to see that, um, just because I, you know, it, it it was it was awesome to see it the 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 first time simply because, um, not to be blasphemous, it was you know Icon versus Icon two, you know, like I said, not <gasps> how to be blasphemous. Dare, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? you know, for 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 kids like Buddy's age. You know, Cena is their big star right now, and you know, The Rock, uh, along with Austin, was you know, the star of the Attitude Era, kind of the way we had, uh, you know, with, you know, uh, however many years ago now, I guess it's going on ten years now. Um, we had The Rock was our generation's, you know, big star against, you know, uh, you know, well, I guess the the children of the '90s big star against our big star with with, with Hogan, so. 10 years on and then 10 years on again now I can understand the draw of Cena and uh, and The Rock just to see 
kids buddy's age just their eyes light up to to see that yeah that's that's the only scenario in which I would want to see that again um if that would you know if if we followed along with uh with punk and austin and cena and the rock um I would be okay if if they re-signed Brock Lesnar to a an actual contract not this uh you know contract per appearance thing that he's doing right now um, yeah. I would be okay with seeing Brock and The Undertaker. Right, okay. Because, um, again, that would be like 10 years on from whenever they lost. Right, and, and that would be a real threat. Um, I think that they dropped the ball a bit with, with Brock Lesnar when they brought him back and had him lose to Cena. Um, mm-hmm. But now he's looking stronger, having defeated uh, uh, Triple H and making him submit, um, going around, breaking everybody's arms. He, you know, they're they're kind of um, booking him as the unstoppable monster at this point. Yeah. If they kept doing that all the way through to WrestleMania, you know, who could stop Brock Lesnar? Can anybody stop Brock Lesnar? And then all of a sudden, the gong hits mm-hmm. and Undertaker comes out. Yes, yeah. yes, somebody can beat Brock Lesnar. You know, this is my stage. This, you know, this is my yard kind of thing. Um, I think that if they booked it like that, um, that it would be a real I mean look at it in you know ever since he was you know 10 and 0 11 and 0 he got to the point where you knew he wasn't going to lose mm-hmm. there really wasn't a real threat even the last 4 years we had the the two HBK matches which were amazing and the two Triple H matches which were amazing but they were against older you know uh superstars not full time on the roster guys yeah. Um, the, I think the, the only one that I kind of th- felt a bit wary about him losing was whenever he had his match against Orton. Right. I think I was, you know, like at the, at Orton's peak, you know, like I think Orton's kind of, I think Orton's kind of hit his peak and, you know, like is kind of, you know, still on the top of his game. But that was the one that kind of, because there were so many near falls and, you know, things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'd see where you come from with the likes of Triple H and um, HBK, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, personally speaking, a match that I would like to see Taker have would be against Chris Jericho, because, you know, Jericho is yet another established name, and those two have had such a story career, and have only had maybe one or two matches at house shows, or one match maybe on SmackDown. See, I, and I think it would be a good match, it would be a good match to watch, but there would be mm-hmm. no... <sighs> There'd be no drama about yeah. whether or not Jericho was actually going to win because obviously he's not a full-time performer anymore. Uh, you know, he's coming back for little clips at a time. You know, but it seems like his focus is really on the music at this point. Yeah. Um. And unless you're going to bring the Undertaker out there against somebody that is a formidable threat to win, I don't think you. I don't think you bring the Undertaker back. I think you leave it at twenty and zero. Um. The only. Honestly, it, at this point, the only way that you bring him back is either a to drop, you know, to to, to drop the streak and really put over somebody that they want to go into the ten into like the next ten years as their flagship guy. So if you're gonna do that, then maybe you do have him face Cena if if he's gonna if he's gonna drop the streak, um, yeah. or to a guy like if you can get if you can get Brock to really commit himself to the WWE um, because it seems like you know at at least when you know you read the dirt sheets and whatnot he's kind of just trying to hold himself over to where he can recover 
from uh, from his diverticulitis and get back into the W uh, into the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if it really is a thing where he can't actually fight, you know, anymore, um, if he really committed himself to the WWE and to the future of the WWE, I wouldn't have a problem with the Undertaker putting him over at WrestleMania and really solidifying Brock as a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. It seems to be that Brock seems to not want to go past WrestleMania. You know, like whenever you look at his match with Goldberg, that was his last match and then that was him away. Whereas, you know, like this match at WrestleMania could be his last match again and then he goes away again. So he seems to not want to do, you know, like any of the backlash or any of those kind of pay-per-views. But like, no, just come back in the summertime. Right, and and that's why he's got so much heat. Um, you know, amongst the community, uh, and even in the even in the locker room, from what I've read, um, that he kind of has himself, you know, above the rest of the superstars. He doesn't think that he should need to put in the work. Um, that's why he didn't sign. He could have signed a one-year contract. He didn't do that. He signed what a thirty-appearance contract. Uh, you know, and, and you know, once his appearances are up, then he's then he's done. So they yeah, so like TNA do that, and then they just seem to use them all in the first month, near enough. And that's what they were doing with Brock, is they were kept bringing him out, bringing him out, bringing him out, and they finally realized, oh man, we've already used a third of his appearances. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm happy that we got the result that we did because I have a feeling that that's why we got Paul Heyman back, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that he could come out and be, you know, the voice for Brock Lesnar, so that they didn't have they could continue the storyline w- with Triple H and. And whatnot, and not have to use up, you know, they not have to use up the appearances on Brock's contract, and we still get the absolute genius that is, you know, that is Paul Heyman. Yeah. So yeah. it, it kind of worked out, but um, I really wish that you see guys, you know, what we think of John Cena. Uh, it, it, irregardless, he seems to command a ton of respect. Uh, mm-hmm. in in the locker room for they 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 say he doesn't really big time anyone um that he really is a guy you know he's there in you know just like leading up to the WrestleMania match against the Rock where you know he would you know bash the Rock for having his you know appearances via satellite that he's there day in day out he's there on the road 300 and whatever days a year and and, and stuff like that he's really he's really committed um, they seem to have a lot of a lot of respect for him in that matter. Plus the fact of everything he does outside of wrestling with the Make a Wish, and 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 all the stuff he does for the community and, yeah. and and stuff like that. That's where Brock has the knock on him. He kind of seems to be the kind of guy that just wants to come in, get the payday, and go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I wish that he would commit. You know, if, if he wants to be in the WWE. If that's what he really wants, as opposed to just saying, "Oh well, I can't fight for UFC right now. And I need something as far as a payday to get me through." If he would really commit himself to being there day in day out, go on the road, do house shows, you know, ha- you know, have the, the the wear and tear of the full schedule, and really kind of earn his stripes, um, I would have no problem with him being, you know, one of the top dogs and really solidifying himself as one of the mainstays of the company. 
I had no problem with Brock Lesnar, you know, 10 years ago when he was a full-time wrestler. And I, I thought, you know, aside from, you know, his match with Goldberg, um, I think that, uh, <laughs> that he really did a good job. Yeah. Uh, for me, you see, it's a case of I can understand why he doesn't want the full-time because the reason why he left was to do with all the traveling. So I think they've just tried to do... I think the WWE seems to be more flexible now than they did back then. Whenever you had the looks of the likes of Shawn Michaels, who was on, you know, a very limited schedule, The Undertaker, you have The Rock. I think this may be a thing that if Austin was to come back, that that entice him with... You know, it'd be a case of we don't need you to do house shows. We only need you to do X amount of appearances. You know, here uh, could it be a case of a night of champions? We see the Rock appear. Um, you know, to see who wins between Punk and Cena, or will that happen to Survivor Series? Because obviously he's a match at the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, I don't think you see. I don't think you see the Rock making appearance until Survivor Series. Yeah, it seems to be that with the Rock. Um, Things are done way in advance, you know. Like there was the match at the at the Royal Rumble um, made, um, whereas it seems to be, you know, like things done way in advance. Um, whereas I would like to see, you know, like this Royal Rumble for me uh, next year is going to be one of the most exciting that I've ever seen because this is then going to kind of tell me what matches we're going to see at WrestleMania. Um, not that we don't have that every year, but obviously it's more special because I'm going to be at WrestleMania, you know, like, so it'll be a case of seeing what ones you're personally involved with. Um, but I, I had no problem with Brock, you know, I thought Brock's match with Undertaker at the Hell in a Cell was one of, one of his best, and I think that was one of Undertaker's best, because I think around WrestleMania 17 or 18, he would contemplate retirement, and people were saying that he should have hung it up, and, you know, as... Hulk Hogan says, you know, once you become a wrestler, it's in your blood, and that's why you see so many people like The Undertaker, like Shawn Michaels, like Triple H, like maybe Stone Cold, like The Rock, who, you know, leave it for a while, but then eventually they come back to it. Yeah, they keep they get that itch. They have to. Yeah. They just have to. Yeah. Exactly. Now I know that we uh we'll we'll talk about this again come the end of the year, uh, come January time, but um I just want to get your thoughts real quick on The Rock getting a title shot at the Royal Rumble. Do you think that in that there's any scenario in which he can win that match and and have the title? Um well let's see. Do you think that he would commit to A, would he commit to coming back whether there's a gap in his film schedule or whatnot and, and, and come back on a full time basis in order to defend the title? Or do you think that the WWE would allow him to have to to win the title and go away with it. No, I don't think they'll do that. I think if he wins the title, he'll be there. Maybe not every week, but every couple of weeks, he'll be there. Um, you know, um, with him being over in London and doing like fast six, and then obviously once that's done, then you have to wait until like what about May or June time before um, GI Joe's out, which right. is a travesty. Um, <laughs> But um, I could see, I could see the Rock when I could see the Rock maybe, I could see the Rock maybe losing the match and then going for the title at WrestleMania. 
you know, and saying that you know the Royal Rumble's never been that great for him. Or has he won many Royal Rumble matches? I can't really think. I know he's won the 2000 Royal Rumble match itself, but I can maybe see that happening. I can maybe see The Rock losing very quickly in the match and maybe entering the Royal Rumble and winning the Rumble and then facing Punk or whoever at WrestleMania for the belt. I could see that scenario happen, happening. I could see this being the only time that, uh, you know, obviously the last couple of years we've had Sheamus win, we've had Alberto Del Rio win it, um, and things like that. You know, we've had up and coming superstars back in the day like Cena, Orton, um, when, or Edge even, sorry, win the Royal Rumble. Um, whereas I could see this being the only time that an established superstar like The Rock wins it but I think that would be only if he lost the match I could see it maybe being if he has the title match first I could see that being the case that he'll be one of the guests one of the special appearances in the Royal Rumble and win the Rumble then so I just had I just had a, a, a thought what what uh, what if at at the Royal Rumble okay during the uh, during the match we, we, in the some sometime in the middle of the match we hear the glass shatter, and we get an interference from Austin against The Rock, and we get Austin and Rock one last time at WrestleMania. That would uh, seriously, that would be, that would be, <laughs> that would be like a wet dream come true. <laughs> um, that would be if my friend Jimmy said, "Why don't you just put the Austin Rock together one last time?" Even that would sell. Paper that if you were just to put that in a match, I, if you were to put that in the Night of Champions match or card, that would have me buying it oh, yeah. all all day long. <laughs> I would just stay up to watch that match. You know, like you've had, you've had the uh, the Rock versus Cena once in a lifetime. I think if they were to do that again, I think that would be sheer stupidity. Um, because once in a lifetime, you know, like you've that. That's it's even on the cover of the uh, the Blu-ray. Yeah, never before, never again. Yeah, that Survivor Series. There you go. You know, like that's like them tagging up again. But if you were to have The Rock versus Austin one last time, you know, you know, you know, that would be fantastic. The Rock is still in great shape. Obviously, Austin hasn't been as active in the ring but neither the Rocks had you know like matches here and there but obviously Austin um, was not Raw 1000 because he was having recovering from knee surgery well I'm wondering if that's a thing where is he having surgery to make a repair to get him so he he can get himself back into shape Mm -hmm. because why would you do it so many months before Wrestlemania you know like you're you're giving yourself a good time to get physically active you know like to get yourself back in shape and it's not a case of Austin isn't in shape but God, whenever you saw him in Tough Enough and stuff he looked he looked the part you know like he looked a lot slimmer he looked a lot more toned in my opinion or, or even like, like this even this summer when he um did you get a chance to watch Redneck Island at all no way I don't think we get it over here okay well he he, he hosted like a um like a survivor-ish show uh, okay. called, called Redneck Island, and he looked to be in fairly good shape there too. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't look puffy. He didn't look you know he didn't look really out of shape. So he he's got to be doing something in order just to uh, keep himself fit in the meantime. Yeah. yeah, but that would be seriously that would just be. I mean, obviously, I would lean towards Austin for the Rock 
all day long. Um, Austin is Austin is one of these people that if he was doing a signing at Access, I would buy a ticket just to meet the man, shake the man's hand, and get him to sign. You know, like a DVD case or whatever, because um, that's going to be my mode of what I'm getting people to sign is my DVDs mm. because it means that I've got like a file of facts thing to put them in you know like I've got a wee folder I just need to carry that and it's going to be light as a feather whereas if I'm taking loads of stuff in a backpack 500 figures <laughs> <laughs> yeah Haley and Chris um, but the likes of that that's something that if he was there that's something that is on the to-do list that would be that would be near enough my bucket list done which would be go to America go to Wrestlemania and see Stone Cold Steve Austin in a match that would be that's all I've ever wanted out of life so that would be I could die a happy man then there you go we'll have a Royal Rumble be CM Punk versus The Rock for the WWE title special guest referee Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> that's, that's fine and, that, that's and fine. That'll, that'll set up the Wrestlemania match there book it book it yeah and then that's what'll happen. He'll be the ref, and he'll end up stunning the both of them, and then just cutting them both down, and then just saying that there's no match, you know, like nobody won, and then just do that. Yeah, fine. Well, that's our Night of Champions <laughs> review, pretty much done. <laughs> so uh, we hope you've enjoyed this here. So, um, Mike, before you go, um, I'd like to sincerely thank you on air for all the eBay donations you've done. If anyone hasn't checked these out, you can head over to eBay at the time of recording this. They are still active and will be by the time they go. Well, I think they may be. How many days are left? Four. So they may not be. But I just want to thank you on air. And if anyone else um, hasn't seen my YouTube video, Ventomania, um, just video 15, just to do a fundraising for my father, that I'm been overwhelmed by the amount of people who have sent in donations like Mike um, like a couple other people who didn't want to be named um, like Roy Bradfield um, the likes of uh, Ryan Porter um, and a couple other people uh, people sent me messages on Twitter or Facebook um, so I just wanted to thank everyone there and thank you as well Mike just to make it um, public that I've thanked you in case you know you're trying to say bad things about me but uh, absolutely <laughs> just uh, just doing my part and um, just to let the uh, the listeners know um, that, that what we're doing is uh, if you make a donation whoever the highest donator is can uh, pick a subject whether on Operation Retroshock or here on WrestleShock, and we will talk about your subject. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yep. So, um, I was going to call you Ryan there. <laughs> Mike, before you go, is there anything you would like to promote, sir? Any other podcasts that we are involved in or anything? We're involved in another podcast? Yeah, we are. Oh, yep. I guess that must be What the Shell. The that is correct. <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast with yourself, myself, Dylan Cook, and Sween Halleck, uh, where we discuss everything and anything related to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, we've done interviews with Townsend Coleman, uh, head writer David Wise. We've also done a commentary for the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, live-action film. Um, we plan on doing lots of other cool things, so make sure you head over to iTunes, uh, look up What the Shell, sub uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TMNT Shell, and we've got lots of good things coming. Yeah, so um, before we go um, as well, um, an upcoming, uh, it was going to get recorded today, but we wanted to get everyone's um, 
input on it because it's such a big superstar that we'll be covering. Um, the next episode you'll be hearing will be um, my review on the top 50 greatest finishing moves of all time from the WWE standpoint. Um, and Martin Sacco number one. No, it's really not. But it is there. <laughs> Although the Rock has two. The Rock has the People's Elbow and Rock Bottom, which I don't get. Um, and Martin Stein's reviews the best of WCW Clash of the Champions. So an upcoming WrestleShock special will be based on Stone Cold Steve Austin. So if you have any memories of Stone Cold, his favourite matches, his famous promos, uh, shirts, whatever, anything to do with Stone Cold Steve Austin, you can send myself an email, vinto316 at gmail.com, or you can email Mike, whose email address is MikeLacy91 at yahoo.com Yeah, so make sure you get them in as soon as you can um, just anything to do with Stone Cold Steve Austin um, would be great to hear from, and Mike and I will go over our favourite matches, favourite memories things like that, what's Stone Cold Steve Austin brought to the, the world of professional wrestling and things like that but um, I think that's probably going to do it for now don't you think Mike? Hell yeah! Okay right well, and on that note thanks very much for listening and bye say bye Mike but bye, don't Mike. say goodbye Mike no <laughs> every bloody time bye people two faces of their generations two icons in their prime Global superstars. One career-altering match. Now, experience their incredible journey in Rock vs. Cena, once in a lifetime, on Blu-ray and DVD. This three-disc set chronicles the Great One's exciting, long-awaited return to WWE. Finally, The Rock has come back home. John Cena's rise from underdog to one of the most dominant and resilient superstars in WWE. The year-long build to the biggest match in WrestleMania history. I know in my lifetime, I will never be able to face a bigger star than Dwayne Johnson. And its huge impact worldwide. When The Rock says boots to asses, the only thing that's going to be trending is... Plus, get tons of DVD extras and Blu-ray exclusives, including never-before-seen footage and film of their epic confrontation. Candid. Controversial. Every time The Rock runs his mouth about me, it's the same regurgitated stuff. I have an issue with him, and this is going to be great. This is Once in a Lifetime. Rock versus Cena. Once in a Lifetime. Available now on Blu-ray and DVD.